everyone and welcome to this episode, the innovation one of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. As you may know, innovation is a pet subject of mine, so when this week's guests agreed to record, I was keen to see how they approached it. Our first guest is Caroline Bennett-Jarvis. Caroline has over 20 years experience as a human resource development practitioner. She's a committed humanitarian and an avid lifelong learner, currently managing and producing digital educational content for the US market. Originally from England, Caroline initially was formally educated in contemporary art, design and craft, where she's been able to transcend her critical, innovative thinking abilities into the corporate world in Barbados, which has been her home for the last 22 years. Her career path in L&D has been more vocational experiential, despite recently achieving an MSc in Leadership and Human Resource Management, accompanied with a dual CMI certification in Strategic Leadership and Management. Our second guest is Egla Vinoutskaita. Egler is a learning consultant who helps household brands and innovative edtech startups to create evidence-based impactful digital learning solutions. She's worked with brands as diverse as Facebook, HSBC, Santander and ACCA, as well as some of the most exciting startups and creative agencies around. She's also director of Skillbright Labs. That's a boutique edtech product development consultancy and she was a Rising Star Award winner in the LPI's Learning Awards in 2020. Caroline and Egler kept me busy with links in this episode. All those links, and Caroline and Egler's contact details, are in the show notes. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Caroline and Egler talking about innovation. Hi. Um, hi, Egle. Um, It's a pleasure to meet you and thank you so much for um, being my partner in crime um, to, you know, f- join forces together. Um, I'm Caroline, so just to clear that up uh, from the get-go. Um, so I'll just give sort of a, an overview of myself and um, then I'll hand the floor over to you, Egle. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Wonderful. So um, a little bit about me. Um, Well, I kind of followed this kind of unconventional experiential route um, because I'm formally trained in uh, contemporary art and design and craft. um, But I've actually found that that has shaped a lot of the way that I think. Um, So it's been a, a, a fantastic experience to begin with. And although I've acquired um, a master's in leadership and human resource management, which is usually part of the traditional route um, and currently pursuing CIPD, um, that was fairly recent. So never a part of, you know, the beginning or part of my beginning in the corporate L&D space. Um, So as part of my journey, L&D has become my second passion. Uh, and um, delivered a lot of training courses. I just want to share you my very first experience of um, getting into LND. Yeah. Um, one joyful evening, um, the company that I was working with had an introductory class, and um, I was more on the business side of things, just making sure that we were bringing people on board for the training and so on, and um, asked the question who's training the class? silence then somebody says you are and I'm like uh okay (laughs) so when did this happen (laughs) so um without hesitation well kind of I 
sort of like, okay, but went into the room and then there was all these faces looking at me um, in anticipation to get started. So um, that was kind of my, my entree to learning and development um, and the rest was history. Um, so I think that, I guess that's my take in a nutshell, but you know, it has opened a lot of doors, especially with problem solving. And um, from there I've become more involved in uh, sort of digital education, ideation, and, um, and it's taken me somewhere else in terms of e-learning and instructional design and all that fun stuff. So um, that's me. Um, so how about you, Egle? Um, what's your story? Wow, yours, yours was quite a journey. <laughs> so, um, I'm a learning product strategist. Uh, my background is in adult development and behavioral science, and uh, I work with companies on their internal learning solutions, uh, both digital and blended, and with edtech startups, helping them uh, shape their offering that they're bringing to the market. Uh, so my work spans both corporate L&D and the vast learning that's happening outside of it. And um, uh, what, what I really liked about your background is that there, there is, it's, it's very rich, like the, you had a few pivots in your career. And uh, so for me, innovation, just going back to the, to the topic, is that for me, innovation starts uh, with an idea. An idea is just a new combination of old elements. And if, you, if we accept that as a premise, it means that an innovation is an idea that has been transformed into practical reality. So the more experiences you have, like yourself, uh, the more of these elements you have to work with. Um, so your history from, from art to, to L&D seems like a great breeding ground for, for innovation. So I was wondering, so what is innovation for you and how do you do it in your work? I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by, by how, how all of your experiences and interests come together. Yeah, um, I think it's become, it's happened organically really. Um, I've always been an ideas person um, and it's not just the art side of things. I know that the typical, the typical perception would be doing something creative like art and design and, and yes, it has played a part. Um, but I think that, you know, being part of, even part of this podcast has inspired me to even reflect of, uh, you know, in a way as how, how innovation has has impacted me through that that journey um, you know because it's all about creating a product or a service that adds that value and it's something that actually gets me very excited and you know there's things all around that kind of feeds into that and it also helps me to um, problem solve you know um, think of unique ways of fixing something sometimes it's straightforward but not always. And um, when there is a problem, it brings out um, that sort of unique thought process in me. Um, and learning is part of problem yeah. solving. Once it's considered a, a, a learning and development or training issue uh, per se, um, it's definitely something that is um, important in terms of um, being able to think smartly, to come up with new techniques yeah. or ideas or methodologies. And um, again, it's sort of, um, once you're around people that share the same values and the same ideas or same, well, not ideas, but beliefs and, um, and has that, that passion and that spark, I think that it's, it's really necessarily necessary and important in in that regard so i think that for me it tends to happen a lot by accident 
you know, once I'm relaxed, I'm, you know, thinking, it just kind of things spring up. Um, sometimes something will happen and I have to think about it and then I can come back with something that is unique that can sometimes just make the learning experience so much more um, impactful and exciting and meaningful. Yeah, exactly. totally agree with you. Yeah, and this is, uh, again, one of the reasons why I was also inspired to, like, uh, to, to think about innovation and to talk about innovation that, um, especially after our conversation that we have we had before this, is again, again, very, very similar reflections um, on my end, and uh, yeah, for for me, thinking about my own work and what what I'm do, what I'm doing in this field, is um, like this realization that learning design is slowly but surely morphing with UX, with content strategy, with marketing, which produces many avenues for innovation, and that's just a start. There are very, very many disciplines for sure. And that these disciplines, they have already figured out answers to many problems that L&D is facing. So for example, people don't like what you're offering then use agile product development. They, they, they already know they have this process down. They know how to create something useful. So, you know, ask your users and iterate. Uh, people do the assigned learning, but don't change their behavior one bit. Well, you're probably not addressing the blockers to their behavior. So behavioral science has already frameworks to do that. You just have to mm. follow them and affect the behavior and trigger action. Uh, you want people to understand something, to get something, to change the way they feel about something. Look at marketing, look at communication. They have been doing that for decades. I mean, what you might need is a, is a, is a comms campaign and not, uh, not, not a course or, or a structured training experience in, in, in the broad sense. And, um, all of the, these things become quite clear once you venture outside of corporate L&D into the wild and have, have to think about how people are gonna find you or your solution, how, how they're gonna finally take the leap and engage, uh, how you're gonna get them to come back because there's a very real exchange of time and value happening here. And this is not something that corporate L&D solutions have to worry about often, but think about how much better they would be if they did. So, so, so that's for me, that's innovation in L&D and that's why we have to talk about it because it's about taking existing ideas from different disciplines and applying them to, to our own ends. Absolutely, um, totally agree, um, Egle. And um, that also brings me to my point. I know we, we talked about it very briefly before um, and um, it excites me to even touch on it again. But as we talk about um, the corporate um, L&D side of things and just companies in general, um, or organizations in general, um, I think that innovation is um, impactful when you have um, that innovation leadership that has a vision that can kind of drive things and again um, have people around that leader to embrace that so yeah. a part of that which i would say probably hinders innovation is um or not i'm just kind of backtracking here a little bit is the concept of for learning you know the idea of you you fail but you don't see it as a weakness but you see it as a strength to go forward to rethink to reconfigure um yeah, i want you know, I, want, I want to make learning the term learning learning yes <laughs> so you're learning through failing so you know it's it's good stuff it's something that you know we should definitely take that 
on bring that on board. I mean, my son, because I actually learn from my children quite quite a bit. They keep me current, and they've even fed into some of the ideas that I've had um, when I've had to deliver training one way or the other. But there was a, a something that he cited from a hip hop track. It has to be hip hop, right? So, um, and it's like there is no mistakes in life, only lessons. So even though it's a very simple, you know, in 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 hip hop, it tends to be very I would put it very colorful and maybe explicit at times. There are some people, some artists that are very, uh, what we call the conscience artists that come up with some very yeah. meaningful phrases. And I think that it's something that is so, it could be, it, it could relate to many things, but I, I definitely can connect that with um, innovation and um, design thinking and, you know, coming up with, you know, maybe having some bad, uh, you know, ideas or and, and being able to thrash them out and test them. Um, and, you know, OK, it didn't work, yeah. but based on the, the outcome, you can be able to change it up or think of something else or do something that it evolves into making that breakthrough, whether it's through any kind of um, learning in innovative concepts or, or otherwise. Yeah. So I think it's it's good to kind of not feel that you're, you know, you, you're gonna fall to pieces because you did something wrong, but you say, okay, well, it didn't work, why? <laughs> it's just so simplistic, but it can be so impactful in, in, in that respect. So learning is with me to stay, not to say that I would, deliberately go out to fail I've been very bad bold and brave when it comes to trying new things that's really me in a nutshell um what are your thoughts there um Egle? yeah I mean yeah so I, I really like the point that you're making and how you're bringing the personal angle to innovation because obviously we talk a lot about corporate innovation and creating new products and and, and improving processes for businesses to create value but at the same time there's this very strong uh personal element because I do believe that business innovation cannot be separated from personal one because you can only create when you experience things and whether, as you said, you know, if, if, if there are some experiences from, from music, from your interests or whatever experiences you try and fail, all of it comes together and, and, and helps you think. And uh, this, this is something that I've come to realize quite starkly in the last month in comparison to the last year, really the, the entire 2020, is that to be able to think creatively I think you need to make these connections that lead to innovations. And for that to happen, you need to experience things. So for example, meeting people, especially new people, you know, people sometimes mm -hmm. approach me on LinkedIn for a chat and I, and I do ha like having these chats because after them, I just, I, I just come out of them buzzing with ideas, you know, have a conversation at 11 a.m. I'm making lunch at, uh, at 12 and I have to stop mixing the sauce because I have to start <laughs> taking notes uh, because I have all of these different thoughts coming through my head. So that's where the so-called so diffuse thinking um, kicks in. And, and I guess that's because conversations with strangers make you mull over your knowledge and experience and explain things to someone who has a different level of understanding. And this is where light bulbs happen. Uh, like an, an, another avenue that I can think of is again, working with people uh, who have a deep expertise in something. And this is not something that happens very often in L&D because many L&D professionals are, are, are generalists. And even if you have a specialism such as say animation or, or, or marketing, you often 
have that within within LMD. So when you do get to work with someone who has a very deep expertise in, in an area, mm -hmm. uh, you can see how they approach the same problem from a completely different angle. And they just make you snap out of your of your mental block and, and just out of your your old old, old thinking. So so yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and thinking of <laughs> not being stuck in a rut. <laughs> exactly, ex exactly. And, and, and I was just reflecting on how, how to make so so the idea is that for you to, to, to make business innovation happen, uh, you need to enable yourself to put yourself in situations where you have enough of these building blocks to, uh, to be innovative to enable yourself to be innovative. And uh, yeah, as you said, uh, just random connections with strangers, uh, working with people with deep expertise, but then thinking about, like, reading books or articles, mm. listening to podcasts. So as long as you do it thoughtfully and not consume that information like fast food, uh, it, 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 it can really enrich, enrich your thinking. But that means stopping thinking about how this information relates to what you already know, maybe how it challenges your knowledge, what you, what you can take away from it. So, um, so I, I, can, I can completely, upon, on, on reflection, I can totally see how the, the quality of my ideas is reflected in, for example, when, when, when I'm working too hard, not, don't, not take any breaks, mm -hmm. no deliberate breaks to, to, to read and to consume what's out there. And, yeah, and, and finally, being present in your everyday experiences, again, your exa example with your son, uh, where it's, it's, it's about actually not, not just consuming the experiences that come at you for your interests or professional endeavors or whatever. It's about being present. So, for example, you're learning to uh, you're learning something new. Then stop and think about how that makes you feel. Are you afraid? Are you excited? Mm. How are you overcoming that? Because you're going to be able to use that in your work as an L and D professional to to uh, on, on to help your learners. The same applies to even even more mundane things. So you clicked on an article and found yourself in a rabbit hole. So what made you click? What made you continue reading? Uh, what made you explore? All of, all of these things, they, they are useful. They are useful building blocks for innovation L&D. And uh, yeah, and these, uh, these good ideas eventually result in something, some, something really useful. So that's Absolutely. my very, very long <laughs> response to what is innovation L&D. No, not at all. I think it's all good. You know, I mean, it's great. I can totally relate to that. I mean, I, I get ideas when I'm relaxed. I get ideas when I am not too hot, I'm not too cold, I'm not stressed, um, I'm not hungry. All of those things um, allow me to center and ground. And even when I have a, a, a problem that I'm trying to solve or I'm trying to come up with a new idea to make a, a process better yeah. or um, I, I just want to try something new um, and I just want to experiment a little bit. Um, those will happen when I'm sort of in that um, train of thought, really. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I grab a, and, you know, of course, I, I will read. Um, I could do other things. And I, I get so far in a book. I stop and then I have to make a note because I've thought of something. <laughs> then I go back and read and then another idea comes up and then I've got back and make a note again. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. So it's a it's a interesting sort of um, path that I that I take when I come up with um, ideas as a as a, a learning professional. And even on the 
um, other side of things that I do, yeah. um, I'm vice chair of a charity called Advocates Against um, Domestic Abuse and evolved over the years where we're trying to send that message across um, to alleviate um, domestic violence um, in the wider society in Barbados. And, you know, we're, we're having to come up with concepts that go beyond panel discussion or, you know, with the psychologist and the, the social worker and the legal person, you know, which tends to be done time and time again every year. We're coming up with some, uh, you know, other ideas that will be able to be able to send the message, but in a, a unique way. So, you know, some of the things that we've we've done is um, we, uh, we had a, a competition called Spoken Word. So again, the arts come into play, which is uh, cool. I did notice that there had been a heightened interest um, using that same concept of, you know, through, you know, spoken word, whether it's, you know, the hip hop rap or um, I'm saying that as though I'm 100, but anyway, hip hop, um, the, the poetry or storytelling or something of that of that ilk that you know will involve the community in terms of putting across their interpretation and their um, thoughts and expression on the on the topic and um, being able to share that with you know not even just the the, the wider community in Barbados but globally um, to send that message and to make that impact so I think that that's um, a, a great example of we, how we've been able to become innovative as a, a charity to um, deliver that message. And at the moment, we're coming up with some some other concepts. So it's getting increasingly exciting. So it's it's again feeding in professionally, but even from a personal standpoint. And um, I, you know, as you mentioned, Egle, how it kind of. I guess it becomes almost like organic it yeah. kind of feeds its way in and um happens quite quite intrinsically so i think that that is um you know something that has to say it makes me yeah. tick and um the world's our oyster because even when i i have an idea or the organization has an idea everybody else chimes in with their ideas as well and we you know we get to brainstorm and i absolutely enjoy that yeah, and, and I think it's quite important to lean into that process, to let that process happen, this ideation in your head where you're sort of trying, tr it, it seems like your mind is trying out various combinations uh, to come up, come up with a new solution. So you're just not trying to get distracted, you know, check LinkedIn or um, watch Netflix, but actually leaning into that, maybe going for a walk and, and letting it all um, sort of become a, like, for it to take shape. Yeah. It's actually, there is a, there is this uh, pretty cool book uh, by James Webb Young. Um, it's called A Technique for Producing Ideas. And that talks exactly about that, how at first you need to deeply understand various um, subject matters and, and, and facets of, of the problem uh, that you're solving. And then it's exactly that. It's letting your, your brilliant mind uh, do the rest of the job and, and seeing what happens. <laughs> Cool. I, I, not that there's anything wrong with watching Netflix. Things happen. No, <laughs> just, no I'm, not, I'm not judging. I'm not just judging. <laughs> yeah, after, after the last year, none of us can judge. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing that uh, sort of thread from, from what you just told about, um, about your work and especially the, the charity case is that it seems that innovation doesn't have to be something huge 
uh, it can be a process improvement and can it can be a, a smaller way of doing things differently. And, and, and I kind of feel that a lot of people may even acquire some sort of identity that, you know, I'm not a creative, I'm not an innovative person, but uh, just because this, this idea of if, if I am an innovator, that means I have to invent something, something huge. And I, I, th I think it's quite assuring to know that it's, it's innovation is, is a very grassroots process. It's these smaller things than, that, that have a, a big effect in practice. Based on that, what do you think, why do you think um, companies tend to get hindered or have a fear of innovation? What would you think are some of those pitfalls that maybe you've seen faced or maybe heard about? Um, what are your thoughts there? Oh, yeah, I have, I have a regard? few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, so um, one, one is obviously uh, like the usual one, not, not the obvious one, um, is the uh, Culturally, well, when you talk about uh, learning, uh, it's 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 all good and great, but the culture and needs to allow that your professional standing in your organization, your status cannot be damaged uh, from from you trying things out and failing. So I think that's that's an important one. Another one is the what I call the shiny tech fallacy, uh, this bias towards deploying innovative tech. Uh, without deeply understanding its use case, so exactly what problem is going to solve for you and what else needs to be in place uh, for it to be successful. And uh, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's, I would say, fake innovation. So you, you asked me why it's not happening. I, I, think, I think this is sort of the innovation that is happening a lot, but it's not producing maybe the, uh, the impact that people are expecting. Right. Um, well, yeah. What's an example of fake innovation? So I'm um, thinking it's uh, okay. It's not. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, one can call it an innovation theater. Um, so it's um, off off the top. For example, social learning. Right. Uh, it's actually a, a good concept, really powerful when done right. But if you just get a tool which gives you the capability to uh, uh, foster social learning meaning a, a, a space, an online space for people to come together and share ideas, maybe a chat, maybe some forum type thing, whatnot. And then you think that, okay, so now I'm gonna do social learning. Technically the tool may not be bad, but you need to start thinking, okay, is that is, is, is the lack of this tool the reason why uh, people are not sharing their learning or not learning collaboratively? Okay, so if, if there is this tool, why people would go and use that tool instead of say Teams or Slack that we are currently using at our organization. Right. Uh, if they actually get onto that tool, uh, who's gonna manage the community? Who's gonna manage these conversations? It's not that learning, like the, the, the community that needs to be in place for people to actually engage isn't gonna happen by itself because for, with, with, with these kind of things, a, a person visits uh, use, uses a tool and uh, li like that, and if on their first try it looks like a desert, you can see tumbleweed, they're not going to come back. So there needs to be the strategy, okay, so how do people find it? How do they, how do they use it? How do we foster that? Why, how do they come back? So that, that's what I mean by, by, uh, by fake innovation or <laughs> innovation theater. Um, right. Uh, that that's sort of like it ticks the box that yeah it is it is an, it, it is innovative but it doesn't 
like innovation needs to be useful it needs to be right. practical by, by, by definition a novelty yeah because exactly. even as you mentioned that i'm also thinking about um the hype that <laughs> goes with it you know it, it seems to be a cool thing these days so when you think about innovation you know yes we think of the the tech companies the silicon valleys phenomenon of people bringing in some form of innovation and yes it's it's happened but it i think that there is more yeah. of a propensity to copy you know maybe do a slight tweak here and there or work with what has worked or is working rather than taking that leap of faith and yeah. then just uh, doing something that that is um unique but does add that that value but you know there is that worry and again back to fear again of okay if it goes wrong and i guess it, it touches on learning well how is it going to affect our bottom line you know <laughs> how is it going to affect pr uh, productivity or performance um and you know it's working for the googles of this world or it's working for you know so let's go with that or let's stick with the status quo you know that has worked so i think that there is that you know we yeah. want to look hip and cool but at the same time and maybe in the background we, we are we really <laughs> we just we're just uh, putting on this front to, to kind of appear that way but we're really st maybe sticking to yeah. not to say there's anything wrong with it but i think it can hinder progress in a way but we're sticking to traditionalist ideas yeah. or ideology um that we know is a done deal and we don't have to worry about so much so people sort of have a maybe like a set perception of what innovation is or maybe again isn't i don't know um i think to, to define it um is somewhat subjective but um yeah hype is probably what sticks into the the, the forefront um, of, of my mind um, when it comes to um, companies and the fact that they may even it's also centered around the people within the organization that can drive that innovation sometimes people might have ideas but they may hit a brick wall because you know others don't are not supportive you know and then that person probably feels stifled or people group of people might feel stifled in a way that they cannot express that so i don't you know i i realize that you know it can be but you know you have companies like i think it's wd40 where you know the the ceo of that company has been able to um, gain tangible results because you know he's been able to give them that freedom and that creative license to try new things and to embrace you know those those ideas that uh, bring on um, innovation and if they fail you know they're not going to be hammered <laughs> yeah, I actually had, what did you do <laughs> yeah, yeah i actually had an interesting uh, conversation with someone this weekend and uh, they work in a highly innovative highly innovative technical field and uh, so in in their organization uh the, the organization is deliberately designed so that people from different disciplines bump into each other. So I think that's that's another probably overlooked uh, overlooked strategy that companies can employ. Just that don't 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 departmentalize your teams. Let them let 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 the magic happen. Just get them together. Let the magic happen. Mm. Yeah. Just uh, the the last thing I wanted to say on um, uh, speaking about what are the other reasons why uh, 
it may not be happening in organizations is that uh, lack of humility. Uh, so thinking that I know something that I don't need so in something so well as I don't need input from anyone else. And you may not even notice yourself doing it. It's just naturally, oh, I'm, a, I'm an expert. I, I'll like, this is, this is within my area of expertise. I'll do it. And um, mm. at, other, at other times, um, you mistake your perspective for a fact. So and this, is, this is quite common in, in L&D when people want to skip user research because they know what uh, their staff's problems are and how to solve them. So like, Generally speaking, it's very likely that you don't, or at least not fully. And unless you do, you won't be able to channel your ideas in a useful way. Mm. And you may, again, going back full circle to, to take innovation, that, that may produce yeah. exa exactly that. Absolutely. And I think you definitely have to have an open mind um, that we don't know it all. <laughs> as much as we want to be a know-it-all we, we don't know it all um, and just be open to what everybody else everyone else is looking to to contribute I think that that helps to make the world go around somewhat and you know thrash out those I you know um, the the ideas and the, the input that has been given to those persons that, around you because I think it makes things more colorful and more interesting and more exciting and that that ability to explore even more things that eventually will you know the idea would add that value or be able to create something that, as you'd mentioned, that's magical, um, being able to break that barrier to going forward to progress. Just a quick question, because I know Andrew is kind of poking at this and I, 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 I'm not really sure how well I could answer this, but do you, do you think that innovation is a, is a gender issue at all? Oh, I, I wish I didn't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, it's such a loaded, such a loaded question that I'm sure that whichever way I answer right now, I'm gonna just mull over it. Uh, in because there are so many facets um, uh, in, in in terms of innovation, innovation and gender. One one obvious one is uh, the fact that not just gender, but any any kind of group. Uh, can bring right. their different experiences, diverse yeah, like the diverse, yeah. diverse group, diversity of thought, diversity of experiences, whatever they bring to the table. That is always right. that it's. There are so many anecdotes about how it, it it would have taken just one person from a different background to point out that you know you should probably not do that Pepsi commercial. So yeah, that that that's the uh, that that's the like, pretty much I'm stating the obvious. Now in terms of uh, um, if it's you're ticklish now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying not to say something that I know that I will argue myself out of because definitely after this recording, we're going on a podcast walk and I'm going to be mulling over over this question for a you're long gonna time. You're going to get backlash. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yes. is, is, do you think innovation is a gendered issue? To me, it doesn't strike me as one, um, but that's probably just me. <laughs> um, I, I just kind of see it as being from either or you know um it, it, it's unique to that person regardless of what gender they are or what nationality or diverse group that that they are i think that maybe in certain areas say for example the tech side of things it tends to be somewhat male dominated but that's probably because of what we hear about you know it's you know what do we not hear about do you have a, a female population out there doing fantastic things, probably better than what is out there that that we know of? So 
um, that's really my my take in, in a nutshell. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I won't go too far because, yeah, I might get in trouble like you. <laughs> so, oops. No, and, and maybe if not in a better way, then at least in a way that is unique and serves a different segment and brings a completely different value proposition to the table. So it's uh, mm. I, I, I think it's a win. Uh, it's a win in terms of in terms of innovation, the more diversity, the better. So we need to wrap up this journey over the last half hour <laughs> i don't know where it's taken me what would be the summary um from from you um i guess in some ways i'm just constantly thinking about what innovation is what it means even though i think it will always continually evolve and i think that it is a very personal thing um so it could mean different things um to me it's like it's about trying to move forward and and transformation and that continual progression um whether it's in life in general or whether it's professionally or otherwise um and it stands if it stands still then or stagnant um it just no longer is is innovation in in my eyes in my in my head and you know um to me yeah that's my story and i'm sticking to it um but it's not a straight path you know it's not a direct you know black and white um it can be somewhat of a winding road until you make that that breakthrough and then even then it doesn't stop it continues because it's evolving it's still turning into something else um magical um exciting and um yeah i think that that's really my 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 uh, yeah. that's my way of, of of summing it up how about how about you Egg? yeah i guess my key takeaway from having having thought about it for a few days now and and following this conversation is that innovation starts with uh with a person and it's important to put yourself in situations that enable you uh to be innovative and to think in, a, in an innovative way. So that would be my parting thought. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, it's been wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Caroline, for, for this lovely conversation. Um, again, I'm, I'm sure I'm, too, I'm sure Eglin. I'm going to I'm great. I'm, I'm going to be sitting on, on, on a few things that we discussed for for a few days now. So yeah, it's been it's been great. Likewise, you know, and I, I'm like to kind of uh, okay. This this is what else I could talk to, could have talked about. All oh, these are other things I can do, and uh, you know, maybe have a look at that book that you've just uh, held up there <laughs> or shown. I was like, oh, I need to read that. But yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much, Egley. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm always surprised when we record, and there's lots of reasons why I get surprised. This one was because innovation was discussed in a more personal and people-centred way than I'd expected or anticipated. Massive thanks to Caroline and Egler for their contribution and their time. It is, as always, greatly appreciated. We've revised the topics that people have requested and there are new topics that you might want to look at that are now on our website. We're going to be recording more in the next few weeks, so if you do want to be involved, then please do get in touch. And that includes two special episodes. We're going to be recording one episode face-to-face -face in a few weeks. And if you're in London or in South Essex, please do let us know and we might have a space for you. Our other special episode is going to be the men one, where we'll be asking men to tell us what they think about women talking about learning. 
and we'll have more details of that in the next few weeks. All of our contact details are on our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com, or, again, in the show notes. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon.